The Driving While Awesome podcast is recorded live to SD card at the Beeline Motor Club in Santa Cruz, California. Where am I and where are you? Can you imagine I, his head I being can. inside his little no. head? Egocidal vehiculum. There's no doubt Corvettes are fast. But what about the people that are putting their fingers over the license? Keichi Tsuchiya. <laughs> Those cars have such a cute little face, you know? It's like a little, like a little salamander or something, you know? I'm riding dirty right now. Offtherecord.com. Fight those tickets. If you don't win, you don't pay. All you have to do is download the app, snap a photo of your ticket, answer a few questions, get matched to an experienced lawyer, and you won't pay for the ticket. Enter code AWESOME to get a nice discount. Hey there, everybody. This is Warren. Just checking in to let you know that we are... Getting back to rallying, folks. Yeah! <laughs> Save the date. Woot! October 6th through the 8th, Driving Well Awesome Rally, coming at you. Uh, this is the weekend after Rensport and the weekend before Phoenix Radwood. But come rally with us over the mountains, through the woods, and... Uh, Into the Sierras? Possibly, you know, okay. we don't want to say too much, but uh, the last time was glorious. Yeah, right weather there. should be nice too, huh? Be great. Not too hot. Hopefully no snow yet. Great vistas. Uh, mm-hmm. Narrow roads. Maybe big a, roads. Maybe a narrow road. October 6th through the 8th. Details coming to patreon.com slash awesome. Patrons always get the first crack at it. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. So save the date. October 6th through the 8th. Thank you. Thanks. Later. Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Art. I am Lane. I'm Nick. And we're joined by Jonathan Ward. How are you? I am quite well. I mean, who can say they're not well if they're here, period? Like That's true. You could be hungover, barfing, <laughs> limping, and still you should be well. Well, I have a I have an issue right now is I'm on like day four or whatever of just nonstop all day car stuff. And I'm trying to be grateful and, and happy yeah. about it. But man, like... I could go for just like a nice couch uh-huh. and, uh, you know, Watch, mis- game of cards. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I were doing that this afternoon. Okay. I've learned okay. to meter myself. I used to come up day one because I love the automobilia show Yeah. in uh, Pacific Grove, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I end up buying all this crap I don't need anyway. So over the years, I've learned like pause, take even like one or two <laughs> years off. Don't come. Go to like Retromobile. That's in probably Paris, the move. Do it all. Essen yeah. And like yeah. Broaden the scope. So when you come, more focused. Hit your faves. Do you write um, letters to wives about going to places like <laughs> my wife, dear Sarah? It's important you go to. Uh, Warren has to go to Essen. It's very important. And then Retromobile. So he's going to be away for a while. That poetry is an art you must develop, sir. It's my 30th anniversary last week. And Congra- I'm still learning the art. Congratulations. my wife is a huge car fan. So she's uh, she's all in. Oh, me too. Same here. But uh, this is an easy one. I don't know. I've been wanting to go to Essen. Have you been to Essen? Yeah. That's why yeah. on my list, especially yeah. for the Radwood era stuff. Yeah, the one, the Goodwood, I've yet to go to, and that one, I, I got to make that happen. That's right up your alley. Super fun. How big of an event is that though? It's pretty small. Yeah, you it's like literally one big auction. Knock and then, it out in one day. Yeah, but like all the vendors that are there with the unnecessary vintage gizmos and badges and kits, like. 
kitchen, all sorts of trouble. Yeah, retro like, reveal seems very real. Like, it's like a real, real stuff, you know? Real enthusiasts. Yeah, real enthusiasts, a like old, a hardcore. Very kinda. genuine. Oh, I see. Like, it, whereas, like, there's one place called Something Jackson where you have, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sell, yeah. like, statues and jet boats and, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, knives. Yeah. A lot of Bud Light. It's only you can get 10 bucks for a Bud Light. There you go. The right outside, of, outside of a stadium. Yeah. You yeah. get mattresses and stuff. So, Retromobile is kind of, you could make, like, a weekend in Paris out of it, oh, and exactly. it's pretty manageable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds, you can go sounds, to La Pousse. Yeah. You ever been to La Pousse in Paris? No. It's this crazy neighborhood in the outskirts of Paris that's, like, shacks on top of shacks. But it has been what it is for over a century. And it's basically antiques, vintage clothing, cool ephemera, and it's such an adventure. That's like, great. Is it like a French cool. hate street? Like a... Like like hippie. Oh, it's kind of like a vertical rose bowl. Oh, whoa. oh, but better curated. <laughs> the flea market. Like, wow, yeah. really, really cool. Interesting. Stuff. Yeah, that so was super fun. fun. We are coming to you live from the Quail, and we are um, just outside of view of the show. But man, uh, I'm glad we got here early because it is super crowded. Yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah, lots to be seen. You came from Bonhams. Yep, John. What uh, what stood out there, and what are you seeing here today? Anything anything like? You telling people you have to go see this? Someone asked me that. Phil said, "What should I? What should I not miss?" What should I? Yeah, yeah. What's like, the uh, best thing? Yeah. So I have an answer for that, but I'll let you go. T to me, for the whole week, I think this has always been my favorite show um, because it is so curated. Now, granted, as it's grown, you know, here comes Hyundai and the corporate sponsors, but I mean, it's happening at Burning Man too. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> no. But the the. Uh, Oh yeah, the Chris. Really? I mean, I I haven't even gone. I've never gone, but, but I, my friends that, that are hardcore be... bitching. Like Lexus was there. This wow, was that's the, crazy, dude. You know they have like maybe they bring out out there yeah. they bring out the Kia EV next yeah. year. They probably sponsored oh, yeah. the Yurt City or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, really see it. But but to me, the Quail's always. It's so diverse. It's so curated. It's such interesting stuff. Um, and they have the best awards in town. I've won two classes here over the years. And like so many automotive awards these days are so cheesy. And these guys, like, they're full on, you know, sand cast, sexy as all hell. Mm -hmm, yeah. And then uh, I highly recommend, I mean, first of all, for you, you, you have to suspend reasonable judgment in regards to your wallet. This week, period. Yeah. When yeah. Motel Six is six hundred bucks a night, you just <laughs> yeah. you just need to give up on that. I know. You yeah. But you have to do. It's Dawn a suspension Patrol of disbelief at the Concourse Elegance. I mean, it's amazing. So what time is that at? Dawn. Dawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta go check your phone. Center buddies. It's five o'clock in the morning. In the yeah, in the morning we meet at like four thirty-five. Yeah. And they get out and walk it, and it's it's what's cool about it too is the. The fog comes, it's already there, and like you can't see shit. Yeah. And it slowly rolls and reveals and reveals. Cause you mm -hmm. know, by noon there, it's a shit show. It's just yeah. way too crazy. Yeah. Last but these year are my did, two favorites. I did the loadout of Pebble. Mm. They rip up this hill to get out of the golf course. It was amazing because there's nobody there. Nobody cares at all. You know, security. And they kind of have to get momentum. They to have get to get up. momentum. Yeah. And so you see a Duesenberg, you know, blasting up this hill. But yeah. I, I've never done Dawn Patrol. I'm, I'm more of a night person. You so. got to get the hat. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They do have the hats. You got to get there early to get right. the hat. Their hat's already better. Their, ha their hats aren't what they used to. <laughs> That's right. We were <laughs> groaning about earlier. The fashion tradition aspect of the concourse to me was always so fascinating. Yeah. Going way back to the founding years. The men, the women, the dogs, whatever, like everything was thematically designed mm -hmm. to match the your car on the lawn. And nowadays, at best, people have sort of kind of 
hats of the vintage era, but like yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like isn't it now the thing is to be as mismatched as humanly yeah. possible? Well, that's the where it's like, like red sneakers. pants and yellow shoes, and you know it's like yeah. uh, baby it's blue sad. shirt. I guess you're right. That is intentional. Yeah, I never looked at it Clash. that way. Clash can you, is popular. Can you yeah. paint a picture of what you're wearing today? This is something people are going to wonder. Oh, well, this isn't as fun as what I'm wearing at the concourse and what we oh. wore yesterday in the rally. I mean, today, whatever, I'm wearing like a. I guess I, I never wear pink, but I guess it's pink. Let's call it peach. Shady it's red. It's like a dusty rose. White. <laughs> oh, dusty rose. White <laughs> bucks. Uh, 56 Mido Ocean Star. Mm -hmm. And then my buddy made my hat. What, what nice. kind of watch? So, yeah, I was, I was looking yeah, at the watch. It's a really cool, cool watch. It's not the it's one. It's from 1956. The said? one has no date, but I'm not in uh, that price. Has, price. has this one been in the collection a while? Yeah, yeah, I've had this yeah. for a long time. Cool. Yeah. So we like jumped right into it, um, but in case the listeners don't yeah, know, yeah, we should probably start with who the hell am I? Yeah, who are about? you? What do you do? <laughs> um, uh, just if I can give you a little intro, uh, we've all been following John for a long time, uh, founder of Icon 4x4 and TLC. Yeah. And you build uh, a lot of vehicles, predominantly trucks and 4x4 stuff, uh, with a great deal of care out of your workshop in LA. Do you want to take it from there? Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, uneducated, misguided, didn't know no better, followed his passion, Goober, who's now 53 and has managed to evade having a real job. So I, I call myself an industrial designer because I guess you can do that. You don't need a license. I don't I think, think anybody's going to challenge you at this point. Yeah. Oh, did he? So I'm like, yeah. well, he made it up. I'm fucking, I'm rolling with that. <laughs> Hell yeah. So no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a serial craftsman is probably the best way to describe me both uh, with the automotive brands and all my hobbies and my travel, like everything's centered around lost arts and trying to revive them. And I've almost given up on trying to revive American industrial design because almost nothing's made here anymore. But yeah, I just, I love great design and considered details. And I was lucky enough to take a business class drunken bet and turned it into not one, but two automotive brands over the years. And yeah, we basically revisit classic transportation in a modern context. And then we do that in several ways, but thematically everything we do is consistent in that we try to like create safety, creature comforts and modern perversions but while remaining loyal to the aesthetics of the original design and that can be from the 30s to the 70s for the most part and like the product that m many people would know you for is probably the Land Cruisers and the Broncos. Yeah, I think they're they're the most well known. The the Land Cruisers are what started the brand, and then I, I worked with Toyota on designing the FJ Cruiser, and then by the time the three pre-production prototypes that I had total control over got voted on by the board at Toyota and Calti, they turned it into. Arguably oh. a much more Xbox derivative. Yeah. And really left me yearning and asking myself, hmm, like if I were to do that on my own, what would it look like? And I just went for it and took the a little bit of money I chipmunked away and took a second out on my house and just built it to get it uh you know, like a lot of creatives, you'll get to the point where you it's literally a th instead of like sheep jumping the fence to fall asleep, you're building a 3D model in your head. Mm -hmm. So like I'm in SolidWorks building and scaling and, you know, pushing and pulling and it, it, it'll get to the point of like, eh, screw it. Or it'll keep me up and like I have to physically realize it. And 
that happened with the, my watch design with a whole bunch of stupid stuff over the years. But yeah, that's, that's how the great. brand started. How did the derelict uh, series start or what was your inspiration there? Was there just a car that came along that you're like, this thing's amazing. Let's just keep it the way it is or what? Yeah. I think that go? I have the curse of a restorer where nothing is ever perfect. And even if everyone else thinks it's perfect, if you built it, what's up your bum are the three things that the client or the judges and no one's ever going to see. And it's such a temporary moment in time. And then if you actually want to take it out and enjoy it, you're immediately devaluing it. And then you're that ass, you're a prima donna and yelling at the kids and don't open the door there. Or people bump you in a lot. And so it was really no intelligent forethought other than I love vintage, but I have no patience for carburetors or three on the tree or drum brakes or any of that nonsense. So it was a personal car that I was building to, to really like take, go to the swap meets, take, go surfing, take my kids to skate camps when they were little. Was it the, the 51 Merc or what uh, was DeSoto. it? DeSoto. The, the, well, the wagon, right? Chrysler Town and Country wagon. Yeah. And then okay. I, I bolted on Clipped a DeSoto a, yeah. front clip. Yeah, and yeah. then my favorite was your Buick. Yeah. Right. Which one? The 48? It was like I a seafoam green. 48. Yeah, the 48. That was oh. my favorite too. Yeah. So we did a, a Roadmaster and we did a Super. And uh, LS7, LS9, dry sump intercooled on the other one. Yeah, those are really, really cool. nice. Are you working on any of those right now? Any cars? Yeah. The, you know, I mean, realistically over the years as the brand has grown, I have to fight my own team to keep the, what we call derelicts, which are the patina and reformers, which is like history revisioned. Modernized. Like, yeah. Modernized, but kind of funk it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a crap business. I mean, we, they'll take years to produce one car. Yeah. If we clear five points, we're lucky. Right. But yeah, that's my happy place. Yeah. So right now we're doing a, a batshit crazy 73 door, now four door suburban that's four wheel independent with a mild 1100 horsepower NRE bi turbo 692 <laughs> block and all sorts of absurdities. And we're wow. doing a C20 uh, heavy patina. That'll be a derelict, which we're building on the new generation global B platform. So it's the basically the new 2500 four wheel drive. And then we're doing uh, our sort of revisionist history of a 75 two door Cherokee. But I love the Kaiser Rhino grill IP and dash but I love the later 70s truck steel fenders. Mm. So we mashed those all up together. And then I'm, I'm a mad leathercraft goober. And uh, we hand tooled the interior all in Sheridan style, authentic uh, like saddle leather. Is that automotive grade or more like no, stuff no, that'll wear? It's, more? So it's really cool. It's, it's, there's this incredible tannery called uh, Wicket and Craig, and it's the oldest tannery in North America in business nonstop. They only ever closed once during COVID since 1867. Wow. wow. Not so it's traditional, uh, uh, basically bark acorn tan veg. Hmm. And then it's all tooled. And then I love these. Each project in that one off division becomes an education op, right? So, you know, we're doing a Superbird, and the theoretical for that was, okay, what if Mies van der Rohe had been involved? And he never did transportation, but he was a rock star in 70. So then, you know, 
buying the industrial design annual review books and reading up on him and then putting myself in his shoes. So the Cherokee was an interesting one, though, because especially at that time, Detroit spelled Indian, I-N-J-U-N. So all the engine inspiration on it down to the graphics aren't even from the correct tribe, which is so canceled moment today. But for us, that became super fun because start asking around, start doing some research, start talking to people. And I ended up meeting a Cherokee chief Mm. who loves that we gave a shit. And he started giving me a deeper and deeper dive. So we we found that in, in both pottery and in woven goods, a traditional pattern was based on an eagle feather. And that would be given to a member of the tribe who was leaving on a perilous journey. So we're like, yes, perfect story. So that became our exterior graphic and, and on and on and on. And that's, cool. that's, that's why it's my happy space. It's like that's, every little detail. Is that's cool. Commissions or is this, is this a vehicle? No, every, everything's pre-commissioned, okay. pre-sold. Yeah. Although I think as I look towards the future, I think it could be very interesting to turn it into an omakase program. Where I just geek out with a small team on my ranch and build like two a year and then just put them up like blind surprises. Well, you all or or you have like two committed buyers and they're going to buy whatever you present. That's how it's like it's a TV show. That's an interesting contract. Bottoms about that with, you know, this new sealed bid program that they're doing. Mm. And they were like. When you're ready, let's do it that way, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So yeah. No one ever even knows what it sells for. Hmm. It's not public. And I, I hate it when it's. Yeah. And it just money. changes hands. Yeah. yeah. But that does feel like it would be more profitable for you, too. Like, uh, or at Potentially, least. Potentially, yeah. Or at least there would be a profit. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You know? Hopefully. I, I like Depending the idea on the bid. The, yeah. I, uh, being like a, a person that's like kind of a perfectionist about stuff, I like the idea of the derelict because. Like you said, nothing is ever perfect, and you're like, you can just be free. Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, I love it, man. And that's great. That. Like, we were looking at this. Uh, there's this build on the lawn with the green two-door coupe. It's what a is? Buick Invicta. Buick Invicta. And it's a bubble top with those insane lines. And it's you know, it's that. Insane. Like, I love it's me like a 60 bubble top. Yeah. yeah, it's a crazy restoration. Our friend was telling us uh, he knows the car, and he said it was something like a $3 million restoration. Yep. Uh, and you're looking at it and you're like, it's like nearly perfect. And they're like, oh, there's wear here. You know, yeah. you're looking for the little yeah. details that are Ten like seconds. wrong yeah. and, and you find them right away. Yeah. And, uh, and, th- but, but you know, the way you're doing those things, it's like, okay, let's just, I love it's it. fine. Well, then like, I, then I drive the piss out of it. Yeah. If the adventure yeah. involves a dirt road, who cares? Yeah. Like, uh, I leave the windows down. I mean, I take the key out of the ignition. I've washed the windows over the last 10 years since I built it. I think that's about it. Right. And it it looks just as good for it. Like, yeah. 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 It's It's continuing to wear in. It's so liberating to not have to be like the martyrdom of of the concourse. I'm kind of over it. Well, I know you'd mentioned this omakase program you think about, but in the past, I think I'd known that you had a tendency to squirrel away cars you hoped someone could commission. Guilty. <laughs> so awesome. I, I was in your shop in 2018, and I, I think you had a, a Merc sedan, a 60s Merc sedan there, that you were, it was maybe, and had that status at the moment. You were like, I want somebody to build this thing. I have a vision for it. Yes. I think that's been completed now? Yes, completed, delivered. It's uh, dual motor, pure electric, fast as oh, all wow. hell, but unchopped, original paint. 
full custom textile and leathers on the interior and power windows and digital audio and big ass Brembo's, but it still looks like it did when it was suntanning in my lot. Yeah. So that thing went full AV, huh? Yeah. What percentage of these like just fully bespoke builds, uh, the derelict and, and one-off stuff that you're doing at this point is electric and the, the, the request is running higher and higher. But I am I have my own perspective and concerns on it, even just from a brand perspective, not to mention an environmental perspective where typical human, we all expect there to be a, a one magic solution for everything, which is kind of throughout our history evidence of our stupidity. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And, the, you know, these kind of vehicles, what, what it worries me mostly about it is value retention because our vehicles really have a, are in a crazy unique position where our resale values are often more than the client paid for the original build. And like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. But suddenly if I'm doing EVs, like I'm selling iPhones yeah. because the tech cycle is so fast and yeah. we're so damn slow that Merck before it was done, there were two generation improvements in the sure. critical components in the car. And we stopped, ripped them out, backed up and updated. Oh, wow. But you know, when that car is two or three years old, is the client going to be cool? Is the market going to be cool with it representing a moment in time? And yeah. I don't think that. Yeah, we're a V8. It's always a V8. Yeah, we, yeah we I mean, about I'm putting it, right? yeah. I mean, it's still relevant yep. and serviceable in a, and I, in a sense of decades. And if I'm not mistaken, your production on the gas powered cars has gotten to the point where you're pretty much using brand new OEM clear yeah, motors. Yeah, we're direct from OEM on everything. With the trans with controllers and the yeah. ECUs, yeah. and it's 50 state compliant. And we use the E rods. So yeah. The, I mean, we put cats in full compliance efforts into everything we build, even though technically it's not regulated by law. Yeah. Frankly, I do it because it's duh, the right thing to do. And it's not like the old days where you have a smog pump and an right. EGR and it's all this all crap. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't ruin the engine. No, it's wideband O2s, pre-cat, post-cat, party on. And like, yeah. It's the difference it between... stink is the only reason my clients like Oh, there you go. So <laughs> we were, Lane and I were walking the field earlier and looking at some of these cars that shall remain unnamed. Um, these electric supercar hypercars out there that are being debuted and it f it feels like you're looking at a Motorola StarTech that you said iPhone but it's like there's going to be a point not that far in the future Palm Pilots right <laughs> exactly where you look at that thing and you're like yeah I mean it's it's wild looking but the tech you know even a 918 Spider or a LaFerrari or you know name your modern hypercar yeah it and might uh, yeah I don't like that's that demarcation it bugs me like, yeah. I want to create stuff that people remember long after I'm gone and my brand is gone. If someone sees an icon, I want them to know what it represents before they talk about how much it right. costs or, or anything else like quality. what it represented in quality and care. Yeah. And like there's details I'll goober out on that a client's never going to see. Right. Even his tech is likely never going to see. But like you take that dash off and you sell his mil spec geek out triple seal Deutsche Tech, you know, like everything's goobered out on, like yeah. that matters to me. <laughs> yeah, it's quality it's parts, well. quality parts and like timeless design, right? And, I, and a lot of the DIY stuff is, a lot of the EV stuff to me is focused on, oh, it's going to be easy. All I need is a battery and a motor and a controller. Exactly. And they're right to make something stop and go. But there's all sorts of safety liabilities with them that I'm frankly shocked how many notable companies have brought out. But that being said, well, I'm not the first out of the gate. I don't like being that guy anymore, especially with new tech. And I've been there, done that, screwed that up and 
hemorrhaged over it, but we are developing our production vehicles as EVs. But based on the pioneering work we did on the Merc and the other yeah. one-off EVs, and uh, take my time and come to market when it's exceptional, and like with a straight face, I can talk about longevity and safety. And yeah, everything. and when you feel like the tech has reached a point where it's it it functions well, it's reasonably mature, and you have some faith that like in a decade's time, you st- that guy's still going to be able to service yeah. it because you, when you build the gas cars, they they go out and. I think you've taken pride in the fact that they're they're pretty livable, right? Like you can take that thing to a, a GM shop and have them service the entire drivetrain, yeah. do all the stuff, right? And then right? also we, from our harnesses on up, I've always designed everything to be as, you know, again, back to traditions of industrial design when building something to the highest standard to last as long as possible is what was of paramount concern versus the modern ethic of, well, screw it, make it last 30 days past the warranty liability window and chuck it. So like even the EVs now, I'm taking that concept and continuing it. So it's a series of modules. So as soon as the over the wire tech is available, my level the market, then like we may know there's a failed cell and we're able to text or email the client, yo, sell blah, blah, blah. And by the way, we already have shipped you a palletized module and a call tag, ship the other one back. Because that's the other thing, EV service in the field, absolute chit show. Wow, so you kind of got to bring it in house to meet the quality standards that you want to some extent. I think so, there's some really good companies that are working to create certification and education programs for independent technicians, and that's promising, but it's going to take a while. And I think hydrogen, man, like there's this upstart company called Croft, that are game changers and they're they're going to be getting a lot of love but i don't think it's enough people are aware yet hmm. the idea is you know hydrogen infrastructure not just in north america it's dirty because it's commercial applications that's fine but it will not translate to what transportation needs so you have the compression vessels that have already evolved and are epic and you can fit way more hydrogen and shove it on in there but now these are like home generators mm. to create the hydrogen so like it's like everything. It's really going to take a multi-pronged approach. With my cars and my volume, I'm never going to change the world. Yeah. But it's fun to like watch these emerging techs and pick and pull. Yeah. Unfortunately, the world is kind of going one direction, and it's uh, it's all EV. You yeah. know, they're kind of like yeah. making. They're not accepting anything else as the answer. The dichotomy is odd so, too, right? So like yeah. in transportation and energy, everyone's going in one direction. In so many other ways, we're going in opposite directions. And the pendulum swings in other areas of culture are so obtuse that no one's meeting in the middle. And mm-hmm. now like you're almost open, you're afraid to have an open conversation with someone that you, you don't already have mutual love and respect with. Yeah, yeah. How scary is that social? I know. Yeah. And it's, right. yeah, it doesn't feel like it's getting better. And it's no. especially, you know, very, you know, for lack of a better term, pretty divisive in our world, right? Like in the automotive realm where, yes. yeah. because people are so passionate about and, and, and are not even willing to have a conversation and attempt to understand a different perspective or whatever, right? Like, because this is the way it has to be. They're taking my guns away kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a trippy space to be in. Um, and and I, I daily, drive an electric car but and it works perfect for my exact use case but i can see that that doesn't work for everyone's use case and i don't farley's road trip recently 
Yeah, I think it was in Nevada. Yeah. In a lightning. Oh, and yeah. Basically, he had been told infrastructure is great. There's yeah. This brand, there's that brand. And then it was an absolute shit show <laughs> yeah, for him. And he flat out was very honest and transparent. Like, he's like, hmm, this needs, Not this needs some fixing. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah, I yep. did. I did want to take a couple steps back and talk about design real quick as we, we kind of move beyond that. But I'm very curious to know, since it ties into what Lane just said, right? Like, this is the direction we're going in. We know the majority of vehicles are going to start becoming EVs, at least even if it's for a couple decades. Whatever happens in the future is is one thing. But when it comes to like preservation or future proofing design, right? Like interiors. Like I was trying to figure out like if we can make a parallel between like digital dashboards of the 80s right which i think are really cool like because they're it's like in a campy way mm-hmm. right like they're there this is what they were trying to do back then look like at an these, audi coupe or yeah something, or even right? like a or c4 a, corvette yeah, or, or, or yeah. it's a job exactly yeah, yeah like, like the, the japanese yeah. did a lot of great stuff with the nissans like the a86 shit show remember mm-hmm. the Aston yeah yeah it's crt amazing do you yeah. have a Laganda? Yeah. no i've okay. I've, I've, I've controlled the okay. urge see you should i'm kind of surprised oh yeah oh i want to i want to ruin one talk about a perfect car that should be an EV. Ruin, like by the way, start there ruin, and then ruin one. I think you'd be <laughs> vastly <laughs> improving. So you're asking me of, yeah, of, I'm just trying of, to think. of it, cars from our past that I think are perfect to electrify. No, I'm just I'm just thinking like, is there an opportunity there still to create th- stuff that isn't necessarily going to look super dated and obsolete? And if you're it does, saying like, using like, oh, like a design crashes. language for the electric oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. generation, it's like it's, it's, yeah. this is where we are. We don't have a choice. Right. So how do like what do we need to do to, to basically uh, or the well, I mean, I'm, yeah. A, yeah. I'm a weirdo. So and like for me, like when we did the lead sled Merc, I modeled the analog gauges, which were an amazing, beautiful dimension design. And we did a digital dash, but it, the aesthetic of it was a three-dimensioned graphic inspired by the original aesthetic. Oh, okay. Otherwise, yes, yeah, it's like you look at like the blue LED dashes on hot rods in the '80s. It's not gonna. It's not, great. It's not gonna work. Yeah, I see what you mean. So it actually, um, it's a screen, but it, it 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 has depth and dimension, and it looks like the original. Yeah, and like cluster. it even had a little seat. We actually geeked out many times. You know, that everyone with LED science, they're so proud about how bright. I'm like, no, like a little more sepia, like chill it <laughs> Warm it up. But what cars yeah. would be killer to go back and do? There's so many. I need to talk Ali Javadan oh. yeah. into yeah. doing an electric 2002. He's the, he's the he's right the guy. wrong guy yeah, he's to the make guy for that it. happen. There's, the conversation has been had. <laughs> There's some people down in Costa Mesa that are making nice bodies that would be a good starting oh, point yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, Santa Cobra. Yeah, very exciting. The conversation, he's a surfboard maker, right? Like, yeah. He's a shaper, but he's just a 2002 geek. Have you, have you met those guys? Uh, I, no, I think Ali's been not. down there. But I'm fascinated. My son has a TII yeah. that he's throwing every spare dime he has into. Your son uh, does? Oh, still? Yeah. Oh, nice. cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, at one point, I... Yeah, have you done a have you done a car like that of that size and and the smaller uh, like to, the harder. Yeah, uh, we got a we got a P eighteen hundred in line to do, which I'm really stoked to do an early one with the cowhorn bumper. That's cool. Uh, I mean, we did a six hundred Gattinero Fiat EV, and fortunately, that one I saw the ghost in the machine was going to stay there. It's like, okay, this thing is so small. Like, how are you going to use it? He's like, I'm going to go from Abbot Kenny. To Malibu. I'm like, perfect, because it's still going to steer like shit. It's <laughs> going to stop like shit other than regen brake pullback. But small vehicles are extremely challenging 
for me to re-engineer from a packaging sense more than anything. Sure. Strength. Yeah, you're trying to fit a lot more functionality into a very small Yeah. Speak of the package. devil, Ali, by the way, listeners, has been Hi, lurking everybody. in the background. <laughs> Always lurking. Well, they, he I can was, tell I us. I mean, yeah. first I was mooching off the, the great Bentley drinks, and then uh, and then I heard you guys were literally on the other side of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, they hit us. He can talk to us about uh, battery density, then. See, so if we, density. If we, or energy density. Yeah. So if we're trying to get these into these tiny cars. <laughs> yeah. Give us the practicality. The kilowatt hour is still the big fight. Yeah, I think uh, to rewind for a second on the electric 2002, Shout out to Paul. It would be, it's definitely something that's on my mind. And the moment I have a little bit of elbow room, you're going to be the first person I call. And we're going to do lightweight, extra stiff, carbon bodied electric yeah, 2002. Hell, hell yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's going to be packaged right. It's going to feel right, look right. It's going to be lightweight. It's not going to be super heavy, right amount of battery. And I think a lot of enthusiasts aren't even aware of the original series they did. They yeah, did a pretty the, well-engineered uh, 2002. It was a factory program was, back in the I day. I think for the 1974 Olympics, it was yeah. actually the marathon pace car. Oh, really? They converted uh, a Colorado Orange 2002 to electric, hmm. and they used that as the, the marathon uh, camera car and pace car. It was a really cool car. That car still exists, I believe. I saw it in Essen. It was right? here at the Quail a few years ago oh, at the cool. anniversary of the 2002. Um, but yeah, it's it's in the museum. I, it spent some time. I saw it actually once at Motor World in Belgium. Um, but I think it's it's most of its time it's at the BMW Museum, and they're very, very proud of that car now. Um, I remember seeing it in the archives of the museum so many years ago, my first trip to, to the BMW factory. Seed like, planted. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, why is that hiding back here? Why isn't this in the museum? And they're like, oh, electric is in the future, but we'll think about it. And I, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan knows my passion for eventually building an electric. I'm surprised design. they don't lay into that more, you know, BMW. Especially now. I, man, I just what are wonder what BMW has I mean, been doing like, with their you know, classic BMW, marketing can in you general. Ask about BMW, like, how disconnected well, they are with you remember the ad where they had like the new seven series and it yeah. goes up to the old, old oh, five series, like a eighties one. So it's like, Hey grandpa. Yeah. And you're like, what are you just like killing your whole tradition? You see that ad they did recently with a retired CEO from Mercedes driving oh, back to his house yeah. and then hopping in, what was it, an I-7 or something? Yeah. yeah. You know what's yeah. odd, though? I, I, I had an idea. I spent almost a million dollars chasing the idea and building a test mule. I made it all work. And I, I had a couple conversations with senior executives at BMW, and they made it quite clear to me that they had zero interest in supporting it. And more importantly, I got the vibe that I was going to be one of the first high-profile uh, litigations Oof. Wow. the copyright law around uh, double-encrypted CAN data. And I, I shit-canned the whole project because of that. So they really mm. don't, but they're mm. not alone uh, in honoring or, or referencing their past. I mean, Toyota hates it, yeah. Japanese culturally. Like, you never, never even talk about your past successes. Well, it's interesting. Uh, speaking of Japanese culture, our friend Clark has uh, brought out the Built by Legends guys who are doing those very high level R32 and R33 restorations. And it's cool to see 
Because that's something that I've heard a lot, which is like the Japanese don't they like the new and they want to pursue the the next iteration of a thing rather than going the back and revisiting the old stuff. Thing. Yeah, because they have such a greater appreciation of craftsmanship, no matter what it exactly. is, exactly, and and past tradition and retro that they are starting to engage. It's very and cool over to see. The years like Toyota started to invite us to bring TLC projects, but I still clearly remember the look on Akio Toyota's face when he visited our shop many years ago. He's like. These Americans are taking apart old Toyotas and paying you to put them back together. Like, <laughs> why? Yeah, you're like, be quiet. Just don't don't tell no anybody. Sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 I um, think there's so. also an element of that where the North American market has such a big influence on the on the. <laughs> on the I Japanese, gonna, uh, yeah, on the on the Japanese executives' like perception of what'll work and what doesn't work, uh, meaning that. You know, let's let's be honest, Toyota North America and most of the other kind of counterparts don't really care about the heritage of Toyota. Correct. They just care about selling cars. And, and TMC is not known for listening to that's right. TMC and TMNA much at all. That's right. And that's yeah. why there's this like split between TRD and GR, where mm -hmm. TRD is just kind of like a, it's it's kind of a brand now more than more than the content and, and GR is becoming the content. Because North America can't force the engineering back into Japan. Japan will say, no, thank you, yeah. uh, unless it's a North American car. So I think there's a lot of that where that disconnection happens, where there's a perception from the executive staff that this is what America wants. Mm. They don't want the past. But then you see these little elements, and it takes somebody as bold as Akio to stand up and say, I think this is cool, and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people think it's cool, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah, it's all. I mean, it's it's people saying car culture is dead, and it's the same people that are, you know, Toyota, for example, thought they couldn't sell a manual transmission Supra, and now it turns out more than 50% of the cars are man that are sold yeah. are manual, so they're doing really well. So there is like a resurgence in people wanting analog, and you know, kind of going away from the electric car that the, that is their daily car. But before we get any further. We talked about what Jonathan's wearing. Um, can we talk about what Ollie is wearing? <laughs> oh, watch-wise? The Crolex? Yeah. yeah, so I had a little crisis about a month ago <laughs> about what watch to wear. And um, I have a, a pretty awesome little watch collection. I'm very, very lucky that um, I have a couple of Rolexes and some Omegas. And, and I thought to myself, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't want to wear my Daytona because everybody's just going to wear a Daytona to the thing. Uh, probably just wear an Omega. And then I thought, Wait a second. There's got to be something. And I remembered somebody. <laughs> Dude, somebody said something about a, a he was crocheted the, watch. He was in the back of a. So quilt then I just store. started. I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube images, and I found a lady on Etsy. It was more like a ball crochets of, like a ball of yarn. It's brilliant. It looks like someone got really stoned, but couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Molly. Exactly. Exactly. So, but it's like really well it's, done. It's cool. Yeah. Like it has work the crown. On it. Yeah. it has all of that. It has and a little. Soft. On it. It's yeah. soft to the touch, which I was yeah, surprised. It looks very, like very almost. It's um, very comfortable. It was like, like jute husk. or something, like really or, tight. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, so Jonathan? Then I, I figured I'd wear my Old Faithful, my favorite and most long-lasting watch, my Omega Seamaster 300M Titanium, and then the Crolex for those folks <laughs> that want to see me flex a little bit. <laughs> at about uh, 9.50 in the morning, Ali sauntered over to the ice cream shack, and I said, dude, breakfast ice cream? He goes, hey, Crolex time. Will we see some uh, some crocheted icon watches in the future? <laughs> Uh, there, there is definitely collaborative opportunity there. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm actually dying. I'm in. I'm chomping at the bit to do another watch. Oh, yeah. yeah so you so only I did the. Got all done yeah, he and did ready the, to rock. You did the first one the only, doozy, right? right? Yeah, the doozy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, for people that don't know, is a really rad, like, jump hour design. Yeah. Right? Based do you want the original Duesenberg gauges? Oh, yeah. There, there's a couple things I remember, you know, listening to you on other podcasts years ago. One was, like, the PayPal thing with that, Fuck where they, like, held all your money and wouldn't yeah. give it to you, which is crazy. <laughs> and then the other is that uh, the Jeep, um, the, what are the, the 80s Jeeps, the big ones, you said you would, you went to do one and you tore Wagoneers. it apart. Yeah, Wagoneer. Yeah, you tore shit. it apart and you said, nope, not going to do it. Never. Beautiful disasters. Yeah. Now, we ended up taking mm, yeah, a yeah. 60s one, okay. a Kaiser Gen one, and that came out killer. Yeah, those gotcha. Guys, yeah. So, Jonathan, we talked about how you're do you sort of identify yourself as a serial craftsman, and uh, we talked about some of the catalog of work that you've done over the past couple decades. I'm curious to know, like, what is inspiring you now, and what is the maybe the next thing that your serial craftsman inclination is leading you to? Well, I've always been. Like, I love the idea of, like, let's say even, like, my old tank desk, like the old steel case. Sure, sure, yeah. The function and aesthetic of those are so timeless. Taking something like that as just an example from the past and then, okay, giving it wireless conductive charging Mm. and giving it an articulating mass for your screen up when you're alone working versus down out of the way to connect with people. So I love looking at honest timeless vintage designs and infusing them with modern functionality and perspective. And my other thing, I love taking, I love commoditized, like things that have been commoditized to their death, right? Figuring out how to go back and elevate that. So, and Let's I like- Let's do a mechanical pencil. Hell yeah. <laughs> Toast. There's a um, modern era- does really good ones. I actually. was just looking at that one this yeah, morning. Yeah, they're good guys yeah. too. All made That's in the US. Morning. They're okay. back east. Wow. I literally was looking at it while he was eating his ice cream. That's right. But, but my, my next time. thing, I mean, side hustle, hobby, fun. I've been taking vintage 30s through 50s uh, beacon blankets, old camp blankets, Indian trade blankets. I Pendleton's, saw that. So, yeah. And hand making uh, jackets out of them with all vintage Navajo and Taxo silver. Mm. But that's just me being a goober in the backyard having fun. Your, your leather and textile posts are my favorite. I know. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I was going to ask, when does the the automotive designer and builder go away and the clothing and, you know, accessory designer well, go full time? Well, i a leather goods brand this fall. Oh, okay. So that's cool. cool. Exciting. Yeah. And it's reviving techniques that have been abandoned and like all the big veneer luxury granddaddy brands now that are selling us t-shirts with shit printed on it because people are logo happy. This is kind of poking modern luxury handbags and leather goods right in the eyeball and saying, okay, that painted edge they've been telling you is luxury. Mm, it's actually quick, dirty, and easy for them. Yeah. And it'll fall apart in five years and it sure should be, come back. It should be burnished yeah. or something, right? Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're going back to like waxed, burnished, fillet, tooth creased and like... I have two of your wallets and a little valet and I love them all. <laughs> Does this mean your leather business is moving out of the kitchen nook? Yes, I'm going to keep prototyping and developing through the tech pack and like samples for friends for like the first 50 or so of something. And then if it's still resonating, then it becomes a product and then I'm manufacturing in Italy. The jackets, the leather jackets that I've done thus far, we have made here in L.A., 
And I w looked all over the world to find a partner for the leather goods. Because I'm a hand-stitching, hand-dying hand, everything. It's yeah. stupid. Like it's So you were looking for skilled. a partner that, that would Got one. go Got full one. analog perfect. Yep. with perfect you. Perfect analog yeah. partner in Italy. That's right. awesome. Exciting. Cool. And yeah. so the wool, the wool, and now that the leather's moving out, we're moving into wool and other materials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I never stop. I mean, uh, my, you know, whatever, I'll deep dive into something for a long time and then adopt or there'll be another tributary stream off of that one. I mean, that's, Probably. I think people that are craft design based, that's how you see the world. And it's just a matter of what grabs your ADHD eye. Yeah, that's what I was exactly, exactly what I was going to say is you're on a trip somewhere and you see somebody doing something and you're just inspired, yep. especially in places like Japan. Yeah, then I want to just really value stay craft. there for a month. Yeah, and really exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, before we let you go, we're wrapping up. Uh, we talked at Motorlux about an event that you're holding in Southern California. Do you want to tell the people yeah, about that? Yeah, I would that? love to. It's going to be super cool. So it's called Icons of Design. I have a children's charity called Go Campaign that is a hyper, hyper efficient grassroots charity where we're like identify somebody in a community who knows what the problem is and is already making a dent with a viable solution. And then we bring them grant money and education and support to help them eventually become self-sustaining. So Icons of Design, I'm curating a collection of disruptive contemporary OEMs, but mostly custom shops like myself and all the goobers around the country like us. Same with the motorcycle world, like Max Hazan's coming out, and like some really great people, and a lot of them that don't even do shows anymore. And then about 50 vendors that it's like craftsmanship with no boundaries, full bars. We want to get everyone tossed, doing their holiday shopping. Haggerty and William Henry are our sponsors. And we've got shoemakers, ceramicists, wood turners, furniture makers, apparel brands. But the creator of the brand, the lunatic visionary behind every brand is there. These are all privately held, independent. And that's the whole point. It's like if you're into classic cars, you appreciate craftsmanship because a classic car is a combination of so many arts cohesively together. So I wanted to raise money for the charity, heighten our visibility, and just have a damn good fun time and bring all these fun creative goobers. It'll be like psychotherapy, but we hope people bring their wallets too. And what's the date? So it's November 19th. Uh, you can buy tickets and find details at iconsofdesign.org. And then the charity is gocampaign.org. Great. Yeah, weekend after Radwood SoCal. So come for Radwood, stay the week. Lane, go to Disneyland maybe? I'm, I'm there, dude. And then Ollie exactly. and I were already talking I'll about it. I'll be there. I'll be yeah. there. We are already, already planning on it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you very Excellent. much. That's yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming for on. Us, Jonathan. Be well. Have a good day. Bye.